Welcome to episode 195 of Auto Off Topic. Welcome back, Brad. And we've got Ethan Tufts and Paul, I should have checked your last name, McCarty. No, no. It's so close to the Beatle, but it's not the Beatle. Yeah, but, I didn't want to say McCarthy. Yeah, but that's Paul, it. It's McCarthy. Paul oh, has okay. an ungoogleable name because it will always auto-correct in quotes to Paul McCarthy. Yeah, so, it will. That's sorry, Paul McCartney. See, I'm not even getting it right now. So yeah, Andrew <laughs> okay. got it wrong too. He said Paul yes. McCarthy as the Beatles, so we're good to go. Yeah, Everybody's yeah, getting it wrong. Exactly. Too, so yeah, we're it's gonna be we're great. off to a great start, guys. I don't know your yeah. name, Paul. Perfect. I don't know my Co-host. name either. We don't need to know <laughs> Paul's name. All we need to know is his Instagram name, and then that's we'll true. All be good forever. That is Paul's true. finest hour. Finest right. hour, which is clearly not this hour. <laughs> no, it's not. Not any hour this year. No, I don't think I've had a fine hour ever. Actually, <laughs> wow. Maybe so Ethan and Paul are from the Hello Road podcast, and uh, yep. we know them. We actually we were on the podcast. I don't know. I forget which episode it was, but it was recently. I think this spring we did it right. Yeah, um, I don't remember exactly what episode it was, but it was a fun time, and it's glad to be back with you guys. So mm-hmm. I'm looking yeah, forward so to all the, of the fun topics. We're having the crossover episode, so this is the Hello Off Topic yes. uh, podcast. Auto I like it. Yeah, yeah Hello Off Topic. That, that's <laughs> that sounds fun. very like bad translated Japanese thing. <laughs> <laughs> Hello Off Topic. <laughs> it sounds good to me. It's good yeah, enough. Like it. Yeah, it does. I like it. We, we were talking about rebranding of some other things in our life, and we were talking about uh, some of the the garages uh, or the shops in Japan that are like garage happy or things <laughs> like that. And uh, that just kind of reminds me of that a little bit. There, there's some. There's some so. There's seriously weird names with some of the stuff over there, like like the uh, uh, crew crew bar garage that has three O's, not two, but three O's. It's like, yeah. Yeah. You, the used parts place. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The used oh, yeah. parts place. Cooper. Exactly. Crew yeah. crew bar. You, you got to really emphasize. You're going to, you're going to hold that O for a little bit. Crew bar. Crew you know, I, don't, bar. I don't think I noticed that I had three O's. No, I, you know, no. it's, I noticed it probably like three weeks ago. So don't, don't feel too bad. So, well, yeah, that's like, Spoon Sports, like what a strange name! Yeah, that is very strange. Careful, careful. You know, <laughs> no, it's, it's your favorite. Cool. It's iconic. It's Paul's favorite. Yeah, I mean, it's named after the turn at Suzuka, which is named after a spoon because it looks like a spoon. Yeah, I, mean, I did not know that. Yeah, that's actually. that's that's what it's named after. Oh. the The founder of Spoon Sports, I, from what I gather. That's his favorite turn at Suzuka Circuit, and uh, so he just named his company after Spoon. And I think something to do with, like, there's the translation of the word Spoon in Japanese is close to the word for crane, and his name is um, Ishishima, and it's kind of like the word crane, so it all kind of makes sense. Please don't quote quote me on all this, but that's just Hmm. my uber dorkness fandom of the company that has me knowing silly things like that so no, that's fine i didn't know those things i learned that tonight there well we you go. did cur- you do currently drive a honda so it makes sense that you would have some honda knowledge so yeah well uh, well that's pretty good yeah I, I, I did not know that either i i, I yeah. think when you said it i kind of have some basic memory of it happening of, of knowing it in the past uh-huh. but it wasn't something that i retained for some reason so yeah, yeah it's, it's that's good to learn and yeah uh, I will no longer make fun of Spoon Sports for being a weird name. That makes sense. <laughs> it is such a silly name, but yeah, but that's that's the whole um, kind of 
half-assed told by Paul backstory that it's it's it, <laughs> it's named after the turn at Suzuka Circuit. So I used to have the Spoon Sports um, little brake cylinder and clutch cylinder, like those like wristbands. I used to have them on my Civic. Yes, people would make fun of me for. I'm like, no. So if you're a <laughs> yeah. spill, they hold yeah. them. Yeah, I totally got them too. It was the one of the coolest twenty dollars I ever spent on yeah, right? this band. It's so dumb. It's so dumb, but you you got to do it when you're a, a fanboy. You just have to. So yeah, I had a I had a password JDM knockoff Jay's Racing intake on the SI. It sounded uh-huh. so good when you hit VTEC. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah, it was it was very very quiet, and then that changeover just got super loud. Yeah, it was really cool. And you said yo. Yes, I did. As you do. <laughs> turn As your one does. turn your hat somewhat sideways. Pop yep. that VTEC. Awesome. And then and I remember I've never, watching, what's that? I've never owned a Honda newer than nineteen seventy eight, so I don't have any spooning <laughs> stories. Other than I have some die casts that have the spoon livery on them. You know, speaking of die cast, we're gonna just go right into this. I have become a little obsessed with buying these little things, <clears throat> Brad. Thank Sorry. you. Yeah, it's uh, I should be buying race car parts, but instead I'm buying little tiny one sixty fourth scale cars. So, yep. yeah, my wife's very happy about it because I'm starting to put them on on the shelf, all displayed up, and uh, yeah, it's it's going well. Thank you, Brad. You're welcome. I'm glad I could find a good use for your money that was <laughs> not destructive in any way, shape, or form. Exactly. So, what brand are they? Tarmac Works is... Oh, you've, 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 you've bitten it off good then. Tarmac a works. man of taste. <laughs> the, the Tarmac Works ones are very nice. Um, I got some of the... I, I'm going to say this wrong, but I'll spell it out. I-N-N-O. Eno? I know? I think it's just, I think, I think it's Eno. Eno um, I've gotten a couple of those. Um, I'm just buying like all the little Honda Fit race cars that came out over the years. And I mean, it's it's it seems fairly accessible at first because it's like, that's only $23. But then you know, five or six of them in and you're like, Oh, I've just spent a lot of money on toy cars that are just going to sit here and collect dust. So the good news is they come in all these little plastic display cubes. They never actually collect any dust. So they're fine. I want to take them. I take them out of there though, because like they look better out of the case. I don't know. One of them came with like a little number plate next to it. So it was pretty cool. But, um, but yeah, um, it, besides just like little spoon race cars, there's so many other, like, like I'm sure Ethan can find a Chevy Nova twin cam made by this co- one of these companies, and I, I don't know that that's a little tough. I, if you can find one of those for me, that would be awesome. I right? found a Daihatsu I, one, so I'm pretty okay. sure somebody out there has made the Chevy Nova twin cam in mm. a diecast form. I, the Daihatsu I would, was probably yes. the one that put you down this path. I think right? it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was sorry. that. That was the uh, first one's. For, actually, the first one wasn't free. I had to spend money on it. But it was like one of those situations. Yeah. <laughs> oh, eBay. Damn you. The story eBay. is don't listen to me. No. I mean, you'll, your house will be decorated very nicely, in, you know, atoned by different die cast models in different corners of your house. It'll be great. See, my problem is, is that one of the main distributors for those particular brands, Tarmac and Inno and Tomica, um lives right here in phoenix oh um and we we affectionately refer to him as my drug dealer yeah because we will literally meet in a parking lot and he will sell me things oh so i don't have to pay shipping on them and i get (laughs) them 
a little bit cheaper, but I do feel a little strange meeting in a McDonald's parking lot and handing over cash for things <laughs> out of somebody's trunk. Under a dim without, light, under a dim light at nine o'clock at night. Yes. So you don't so fear of going to jail. There you go. But yeah, it's uh, it's bad because the, <laughs> the easy accessibility of it is the problem. Um, and he's learned my taste. Uh, so mm. he will call me and say, Hey, I have I X, have Y, and stuff. Z. And, uh, I'll be like, all right, I'll be right there. <laughs> um, so he's a smart businessman. He's a very smart businessman. So we'll uh, actually we're gonna have him on the podcast. I think I was talking to him about it last time, so he can he can advertise his wares to everybody. So cool. Actually, you, you all may be surprised who he is. He's actually uh, automotive journalist as well. That's Ooh. somewhat known. So. <laughs> interesting so, uh yeah if, if if anybody is interested I'll, I'll push him real quick here on the podcast to make him sell more things so he does more things um he basically exclusively sells on instagram and he goes under the act the um the name the toy pimp yes the toy pimp uh, so accurate that yes. is very accurate yes he's very good at pimping his toys out on me so i have <laughs> lots and lots and lots of them but anyway we're way off topic before we even started anything other than saying that your guys <laughs> names are paul and ethan so Hi. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're having a fun time. Yes. Um, so some quick bit of news that's pretty important uh, car news is, unfortunately, Alex Zanardi is in a coma from mm-hmm. an accident he had while uh, completing in, competing in a hand cycling event. Mm-hmm. So he, Alex Zanardi, if you're not familiar with the race car driver, won two kart championships in the late 90s. And then in 1999, I, I remember this accident at the time. The obviously you're driving uh, an open wheel race car, your legs are very much out in that danger zone, and from the accident he ended up losing his legs. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually have a biography of his that I haven't read yet because <laughs> um, my old employer was the publisher. Bentley Publishers, so it's My Sweetest Victory, and I know it's a very, very good book. I just haven't had a chance to read it, but it, it talks all about coming back from that, and uh, he's become like a Paralympic uh, champion, and he even did, uh, he came back for the Rolex 24 Hours in 2019, driving a modified BMW, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. Yeah, it was modified with hand controls, which is amazing yeah. for a race car. Yeah, which an interesting fact about that. I remember reading they had to provide him with extra cooling because you don't realize that your legs make up a large surface area of your body and that helps you uh, cool you when you're hot. So yeah. obviously he's missing that part of his body. So they had to add extra cooling to his race suit to help keep his core huh. cool. Yeah, huh. kind of wild, right? That's, That's pretty wild. I, I never would have thought about that, but yeah. I mean, it makes sense. There's just that yeah. much less liquid Surface space area. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and liquid space inside of you it's just it's that's a crazy yeah. thing to think about so i guess what happened they were in like some sort of downhill section he pulled out to pass he was racing in italy um apparently the road wasn't closed in the opposite direction and the truck tried to avoid him but he collided with a truck oh jeez and was responsive yeah. going into the ambulance but is currently in a medically induced coma cuz they had to do major brain surgery. So yeah. hopefully the guy is okay. I mean, that's certainly that seems just, you know, if you look at the odds of that, obviously yeah, right? this, this guy is doing some things that are, that are, uh, you know, dangerous, but you don't often hear of, uh, 
something like this happening to a guy in two different, completely different sports, you know? Yeah, it's a whole lightning strikes twice kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> it's just crazy that this this happened and like, you know, all that he's been through and everything. And you look at somebody like, um, as soon as this accident happened, I thought of uh, Nikki Hayden, who he won MotoGP championship in 2006. Uh, one of the only Americans to do so in a very long time. And then what was a couple years ago, I guess 2017, he got, uh, he was uh, not in a race or anything. I think he was just riding his road bike in Italy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he got nailed over there and that was it for him. And yeah, the guy was, I think he was just a few days older than me. And it was just absolutely insane that like, <laughs> it's like you go from one end of the spectrum where you're, you're, doing something very dangerous. I mean, you know, you're racing a race car or, you know, in, in Nikki Hayden's case, a motorcycle, which I think is probably a lot more dangerous and in tempting, you know, fate and everything like that. And then you retire or it's the off season or whatever the case may be. And then just some crazy accident like that just changes everything in a blink of an eye. Uh, Nikki Hayden, I think, was actually on a bicycle, not even a motorcycle when he got hit. Yeah, yeah, by, by bicycle. That's, train, what I meant, yeah. that's what I meant to say. It's just crazy. Well, yeah, there's a lot of... There's a lot of crossover because uh, the uh, cardiovascular exercise that you need, a lot of race car drivers ride road bikes. And I don't think people really think about it. Road biking is actually very, very dangerous. It's super dangerous. Because uh, people just simply don't pay attention in their cars and Mm -hmm. or care about people on bicycles. So there's a there's a whole that's a whole nother subject for a whole nother time because I've been doing some road biking um, because Naomi is huge into it and does a lot of miles every week. Um, and having gone out there myself and done some miles, it's the people you encounter that are in cars that are just angry at you for you being on a bicycle is mm-hmm. a staggering amount. And we've had cars swerve to us and things thrown at you. And it's just, it's, it's, it's a staggering, people forget that there's people on these bicycles. Like they're, they're not just an object in the road. There's a human being on the back of the, on the top of the bicycle and people just look at them as a nuisance and yeah. Sure, there are probably some road bicyclists who annoy car drivers and probably get pleasure out of doing it, but it's not all of us. Uh, and it's super scary, and I get in big arguments. I don't like to argue on Facebook, but when people start talking about bicycles on Facebook, I get in some pretty, some pretty heated discussions with some people because, as a general rule, most bicyclists are not out to cause problems, and the amount of time that we're going to spend in your way on a bicycle is less than a second. So just take the time to go around versus getting angry sure. and, well, and, and it's yelling also- and... Yeah, and also I think there's just this automatic notion that uh, roads are for cars, and that's yeah. not true. They're not just no. for cars. So I think that's the thing. It's like when people get in their car and they drive around, they think they they that it, it was created just for them, but that's not the case. Yep. No, I the think- rules for the bicycles. Bicycles actually cannot ride on sidewalks in most places, and I know most a lot places, of drivers yeah. think that bicycles belong on the sidewalks when actually a bicyclist can get a ticket for riding on a sidewalk. So sure. there's a lot yeah, of other it, stuff going on with that, and and it's a whole deep subject we can get into. And you know, a friend right. of ours actually who was injured on a bicycle about six months ago, got back out. Um, he's an older gentleman. He's in his mid eighties actually. And uh, yeah. got hit by a car yesterday. Oh. So it's like, it's just, it doesn't, it just doesn't stop. And it scares me to think about these people on bicycles. And I'm sorry to go into this tangent about it, but it's one of these things that really, it hits home with me now, especially now that I ride. Right. On the road. So, well, it's not just, it's not just bikes, you know, it's, it's, it's motorcyclists because, you know, anytime you get it on a bicycle or even, or you're a pedestrian or you get on a motorcycle or you're in a classic car, which has none of the safety gear that safety equipment that new cars have, 
you're automatically at a great disadvantage to anybody else on the road. And it's, it's sort of compounded with the fact that cars are becoming more and more automated. You know, you've got like, I was just thinking today about how stupid lane keep assist is because it's just it's just it's not really that helpful and it just allows drivers to be lazy. Mm-hmm. So there's there's just more and more stuff like that that that's kind of giving giving peep drivers more and more um, thought that you know more and more evidence that oh you, maybe it's okay that I can be on my phone while I'm driving. So it be, it becomes you know I, it seems like some of these technologies are making it more dangerous for cyclists and pedestrians. Have you driven a car with lane keep assist? Yes, I've driven many. Um, it's freaky. It, 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 and it fights to keep you in the lane. Yes. Which and, in the situation where you're trying to go around somebody or an emerging situation, it's actually, I think, uh, a significant hindrance. And I don't appreciate the fact that sure. it exists. You, hmm. There's some cars that do it. Like our Prius, we have a 2016 Prius. It's sort of one of the earlier systems. It's pretty bad. It mainly just beeps at you and kind of slowly, like kind of just gently nudges you. Um, the Kia systems are much more um, aggressive. Isn't the right word, but they're just more. They're a little bit more forceful at trying to keep you in your lane. The, the, the tug to keep you in your lane is a little bit stronger. And uh, there's been a few times where it's been absolutely wrong. Where it's just like you know, where, there's an area where maybe the the road, the lane. I'm sorry, the um, the painted line on the right just kind of curves to the right, but the road doesn't curve to the right. The, yeah. and, the, and it just tries to pull you over there. I'm like, no, don't do that. Um, but if there had been a bicyclist there or something, that would have been really bad. Yeah, I've I've um, had experience in a BMW um, when I worked at the body shop, and it was a very similar thing where you know, you're attempting to go over the yellow line because of some construction, uh, yeah. and the steering wheel actually physically fights to keep you in the lane, and I didn't did not make me feel comfortable. Let's put it that way. Yeah, so. I, it's funny because today. There was this actually you guys talk, were mentioning that you might want to talk about weird car Twitter. But one of the things I saw on Twitter today was this question of um, what are what are some like actually you answered this question, Paul. What was the question? You, you talked about your Fiesta. Uh, <laughs> your uh, most controversial. I guess it would be like your most controversial take or say something controversial about in, cars, about yeah. cars, kind of like something. Yeah. Yeah. So, or, I mean, one of mine would be, yeah, I think lane keep assist is stupid and and. I don't think anybody should use it. Um, and I don't know, there'll probably be a lot of people that drive older cars that might might agree with that, but that's sort of a feature that is driving some new car sales. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, I don't know, stuff like that. Just, you know, we're talking about cyclists and stuff. I, all of these technologies that are making it so you can be on your phone more is making it, making it maybe, doesn't make it any safer for pedestrians or Mm-mm. cyclists. No, I'm sure we all saw the video this past week of the Tesla in Hong Kong that just drove into the side of an overturned truck. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's just because it was probably on autopilot and the driver was probably, you know, asleep, used to using autopilot and <laughs> just let the car do its thing. And yeah. there was not enough time to react from when he came around the bend to when there was an object in the road and it happened to be an overturned truck. And he just, I mean, the car barreled into it at 65 miles an hour. It was just, there was nothing, nothing was done about it. And, yeah, you know, if the I driver mean, was paying attention, he probably hit the brakes. I, I guess that's the thing. It's like, I would wonder, I kind of wonder like, you know, if there's some studies of of like, are are these are these technologies actually helping? Would would these drivers have been far worse without them? You know, I, I'm not sure because there's plenty of people that are driving cars without lane keep assist that are crashing into things. So, um, oh, absolutely. I just yeah. lane, lane keep assist is how he got in the subject in the first place. Yeah, just exactly. makes me nervous being a bicycle rider who does ride on the street. Um, thankfully, we do have a yeah. pretty good network in. Um, Phoenix here of bike lanes and that's good. 
and um, canal paths, but over overall, it's it's still it's just a scary thing. Yeah, so, totally. Anyway. I, I don't I don't like to ride around Los Angeles on my bike at all. Yeah, I can imagine it's not it's not, it's not, not fun. No, and there's some places here I won't ride either, or Naomi won't ride either. And yep. you know, I, I'm I'm far from a experienced road biker. You know, bef- before moving out here and riding with her, I probably hadn't ridden a bicycle very much on the street since I got my driver's license. So, yeah, it's certainly a, uh, a it's a it's a big change going from being 15 to being an adult and having a little more of that will to survive. I think <laughs> you don't have when you're 15 because you don't yeah, know exactly. any better. <laughs> yep. it, yeah, hurts, it hurts. It hurts more. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, mountain bikes have terrain and terrain is harder to ride and I'm yeah. way too out of shape to get into mountain bikes as I learned very quickly trying to ride a mountain bike about a year ago. So, I've just seen too many of my friends like eat it really hard on mm-hmm. mountain bikes and I'm like, I don't want to do that. No, thanks. Yeah. The thing is with a mountain bike, if you eat it and you eat it hard, you have nobody to blame but yourself. <laughs> exactly. So I, yeah. I can live with myself if I break my leg. If somebody sideswept me and broke my leg, yeah. I'd be a pretty angry person. Sure. So. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a real wimp and I'll ride like fire roads on a mountain bike. <laughs> yeah. That sounds good to me. <laughs> so, it's it's all fun. And I guess it's all that, that whole um, understood risk and calculated risk and doing things that you think are worth the risk. So yeah. mm-hmm. the driving classic cars and riding bicycles and riding motorcycles and going outside of your house every day are all in those lists of <laughs> yeah. lists of calculated yes. risks, I guess. So anyway, Andrew, what yeah, so, back on topic or uh... <laughs> yeah, about arguing about things on the internet? Uh, I want to talk to you guys about weird car Twitter. Cause uh, Ethan and Paul, you're both very active on there. And uh, Brad's been talking about like getting on there. And I was like, you know, I, uh, I don't know. I don't really love Twitter. Uh, it's kind of like, if you're not familiar with it, it's like walking in a conversation that you don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But this week I was like, you know what? I'll make an auto off topic account. So yeah, auto off topic is officially on Twitter. That's cool. Uh, we both have access to it. So maybe we'll start playing on there a little bit, but um, tell me about this weird car Twitter part of Twitter, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, I just think that the one thing about Twitter is that, you know, it's from the outside. It's just this, like this cesspool of like stewing disgusting ugliness but Mm -hmm. there's these little pockets within that stew that are actually kind of fun yep so um yeah weird car twitter is just car twitter in general is pretty good but weird car twitter specifically is great Mm -hmm. because it's all sorts of just random stuff that you forgot ever existed and um fun conversations people are generally pretty pretty good there's not any hate as far as i can tell um yeah. And and people are into like just weird stuff, um, which I like. Um, just you know, um, what do you think, Paul? Yeah, I mean, that, that you, you kind of maybe participate a little bit more than I do in the weird car Twitter area. Yeah, I, I think it's it, it's a great thing. I mean, that's how we got uh, Lee on our show. Uh, the oh, yeah, the man behind it's Van Time. Uh, yep, uh, he was on uh, the Hello Road podcast. You know, earliest spring too, right around the time that you guys were on the show, and uh, that's. I, I, I kind of see that as like almost the genesis of this weird car Twitter because it was like it, people, him posting all these vans and this van stuff and people are like, yeah, you know what? Vans are pretty cool. And then it turned into this whole other thing. And now it's like hashtag weird car Twitter, which is <laughs> interesting, but it's still cool. And, and like Ethan said, like that part of Twitter is like 
totally clean. Like there's, you know, people don't really argue. It's just like, yeah, let's um, post up a picture of this Pontiac Firefly. Well, and like, you know. It, yeah, and this, and pe- it's like, okay, everybody has their take. You know, everybody wants to, you know, have their kind of, mm-hmm. um, their little, um, their opinions to be heard. But, you know, it's not. I don't think you have anybody shitting on them. Right, exactly. It's not like, oh yeah, that's that's terrible. Why are you posting a picture of that Pontiac Firefly? That's why that doesn't belong. No, there's none of that. Yeah. It's more of like, oh, that's so cool. I wish we got those in America. You Canadians got them. You know, that kind of thing. You know, if somebody posted up a Pontiac Firefly, which I, you know I'm sure is coming soon. Um, well, now it has to. Now yes. it has to. Yep. I'm gonna have to do it and be like, look, Pontiac Firefly, go, and uh, they'll go from there. But no, it's but car Twitter's very fun um it's like instagram and and which you know i like i love instagram it's it's tons of fun but it's like that but just cut down to the basic thing like post a picture or say something real quick you've only got what 140 words now it used to be seven i think it's more than that is it now it's 280 is it 280 now? See, I'm still living so. like it. I'm still living in that 140 word world. Yeah, you're but, you're still playing by the original rules. That's I, fine. I am. You're, like, you're a purist. You're a Twitter purist. That's cool. Twitter purist. Exactly. And um, you know that that's part of the fun of it is like you got to think of something. I always think whenever I post or something, it's like okay, I want to try to write something that like, I, and I'm not out to like fish for likes or anything. I don't really give two craps on. You're real thirsty, dude. I I just want to like put something fun up there you know it's like okay like the thing with the fiesta st the other day because you know give me any opportunity to shit on that car and i will take it because i hated it and so <laughs> <laughs> that was that not necessarily weird car twitter but just car twitter in general so but it's fun i'm glad you guys are on it now so you guys can participate there's i'm sure there's yeah, lots of mitsubishi my stuff. introduction my introduction to weird car twitter wasn't even on twitter because i haven't been on twitter um i met a bunch of people in person who know each other through weird car Twitter. Um, and that kind of brought me into the fold of it mm-hmm. without actually mm-hmm. being part of it. Um, and I, I don't want to say that I'm like a, a counterculture kind of expert or anything, but I've always appreciated a counterculture. I've always appreciated people that kind of go against the norm. That's probably why Andrew and I are big Mitsubishi people. Cause we're not into like <laughs> being the normal person. Um, and what it seemed to me when I met these people was that, they didn't give two shits about any opinion about anything. They were enjoying what they enjoyed, whether it be car related or lifestyle related or personality related. Mm-hmm. And they were having a good time with it. And that's what kind of drew me into even talking to Andrew about it in the first place. Cause it just seemed like a very like open, fun, inviting place to actually have car talk with mm-hmm. out having any kind of the stuff that you have sometimes with car groups that are a little, I don't know. Snooty. Being, yeah. Snooty's a word. Yeah. I was <laughs> going to say a little more uh, traditional mm. macho male based kind of. It can be toxic sometimes. Yeah. It can be a little toxic. Yes. Like, oh, you like cars? Great. Let's also talk about, I don't know, hunting. And not that <laughs> hunting's toxic, but I don't want to talk about it. It's, I'm sure. not that big macho have to do everything that dudes are supposed to do i want to talk about cars and it just seemed like these people were way more into just having a good time talking about cars and it was nothing there was no judgment from anybody and it was awesome cool well welcome to twitter but that was my introduction to it so it's gonna be fun (laughs) 
I'm sure it will. I haven't even logged in under our account yet. I haven't even looked at anything. I Just think don't I, follow anybody that is toxic, and you'll be you'll be fine. Yeah. Well, and that's the way that Andrew and I talk about all the time with, yeah. um, you know, curating our Instagram pages. Yeah. Like you follow people you want to follow, and if you don't like what they have to say, you don't follow them. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah. simple. And if somebody says something bad about something, then you don't like what they say, then go away. You don't have to deal with it. Yeah. I don't yeah. deal with people in my real life that I don't want to deal with. Why would I deal with them on the internet? So exactly, it's harder to avoid it on like Facebook per se, and sometimes Instagram, but it is what it is. Well, it's funny because one of the one of my favorite things that I uh, got from Johnny Lieberman on Instagram is anytime somebody's just being a complete shit or complete dick, his quick to the point response kind of works every time. Is go away, yeah. And that was like I'm I just took that and I'm running with it. You know, I don't get that many terrible comments on YouTube or Instagram, but every once in a while I'll do it. And it's like, yep, all right, go away. And it yeah. usually works. So yeah, I'm sure you probably get a little more on YouTube than you do on Instagram. Yeah, a little bit. A little, yeah. It's a little less personal. Yes, I think that's exactly. one of the things about Instagram that's been good is that it's kind of people tend to curate their own pages like I was just talking about. So when they do curate their own page, they're not going to find Hello Road if all they care about is monster trucks you know what i yeah, mean like, exactly they're gonna be there because oh i also have a nova twin cam or oh i also have a Datsun 210 or i have interest in van life or whatever so it's, sure exactly it's a little it's a little more it's a little more tight-knit i think because of that and the, the, the personal connect with that and the whole internet thing in general has been amazing for the car space because you know when we talked about this a dozen times when before the internet was really as large as it is today, you know, I'd probably think I was the only guy that gave two craps about a 78 Dodge Colt, but sure. Yeah. You know, and again, like also now, now you've found that there's six people that give a crap about, <laughs> Hey, there, there, there are six of us that own them, but yeah. and like, and like Paul said, I don't chase Instagram likes or care about follows. But if I post a picture of my Colt and a hundred people like it, that's a hundred people that appreciate looking at a picture of an old Dodge Colt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There and are that's six people who own 25 Colts between themselves. <laughs> you know, if if you change that to eight people and forty-two Colts, I'd probably say you're correct. <laughs> but but it's fine because we've been able to, as a cult owning collective, much like Paul and his you know Daihatsu owning collective, mm-hmm. we've been able to find the cars that need to be saved and get them into the right hands. And these yeah. are cars that may have wound up as circle track, you know, Saturday night junkyard derby cars who knows so it's it's been it's 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 it's, it's pretty cool and I'm, I'm gonna move on now but the internet is good and bad and we're just well, talking about the good stuff well that i mean that is that is kind of the thing that's that's great about it is you know same thing with me i had looked for a nova twin cam for like 20 years i, I spent forever trying to find one and then as soon as I found one, all of a sudden, all these other people came out of the woodwork. Well, all these other people, like four other people came out of the woodwork um, <laughs> that had them, you know, and that, and that's probably, those are the only five that are still around probably. I see one from time to time, and I think of you every time I see one, so. Yeah. <laughs> still out there. They're right here in the great uh, Southwest. Yes, exactly. They must all be out there. I've, the only one I've ever seen is Ethan's. But, yeah, I've that's... only ever seen two in my life. Um, and, and I actually, the guy that I bought my geo prism GSI from, which is also a very similar new me car, mm-hmm. he bought one too. And then I found another guy in Utah that, on YouTube that had one. So I think maybe I only know of three other people that have 
Nova Twin Cams. There's an older gentleman here in town who has a white Nova Twin Cam and a white Swift GTI. Well, if, if it was white, it would have had to have been repainted because they only came in black. The Twin Cam did? Yeah. Oh, maybe it's the maybe it's the later one, the GOB, uh, GSI. Oh, uh, yeah, the Prism GSI. That, that's very possible because I know I know it says Twin Cam on the side and it's that body shape. So Sweet. Huh. Yeah. But he's got both of those. They're both in the same driveway. So I see them all the time. Swift. Nice. Swift. If, if you ever get a picture, can you get, if you ever drive by and you get a picture of that that white one, I'd love to see. I would love to try to figure out what it is. Yeah, for sure. Sweet. Yeah, I know it has the later composite style headlights. So that probably makes it a Geo, right? That would be a Geo, yeah, for okay. sure. Well, it's the same car. It's got a little red twin cam emblem on the side, and it is what it and is. A it's cool. Red stripe. A little thin, thin red pinstripe. Yeah. Yes. But it's parked next to a white Swift GTI, which is also neat. Yes. Those are pretty rad. Those are very rad. So I'm trying to like casually run into this guy somewhere and talk to him, but you know, <laughs> a total, total creeper. Hasn't happened yet, but we'll see what happens. Nice. All right. So uh, I have a couple other questions. I guess this first one would be more for Ethan, but the second one can be for the three of you. Um, and I know from watching Ethan's videos on the Hello Road YouTube channel, right? It is Hello Road. Yes, that's correct. Yep. I would say the majority of your videos, or almost all your videos, they're very positive, like vibe to them. Yeah, I try like to keep it positive. Cars. Yeah, that's what's really cool. Uh, and for my personal observations and the reason why I don't watch a whole ton of YouTube car content, I know the rest of you, the rest of you three do, mm-hmm. but uh, most car channels I find push a lot of negative stuff to grab views. And then, so what do you guys think of that? Like, well, yeah, there's a there are there is a fair amount of like five things I hate about my Camaro, yeah. you know that kind of stuff. And like, all right, and generally those types of videos get that nobody likes those because the people that are going to search for it are people that like Camaros, and they're going to be like, I hate this video and give it a thumbs down. Um, I don't know. I've I have a there's a there's a lot of like people flaunting their money, um, it, which I I don't know. I can't really get into that. I'm I've always been kind of a person that likes value in a lot of things. That's why I like just cheap cars because uh, I don't know. I don't think there's any car that's worth more than a hundred grand. And maybe even for me, I don't think there's any car worth more than 50. Uh, So I don't know. I I, I do see a little bit of negativity on YouTube, but I've I've tried to avoid it uh, specifically. And I I do see a lot of positive videos. I do see a lot of people doing really cool builds and, Hmm. um, you know, they're enthusiastic about old cars or enthusiastic about weird cars. There's, there's kind of a weird car YouTube too, you know? Um, So I, I guess just, you know, sort of curating your subscription feed a little bit can help with that. Um, you know, if you don't spend much time on YouTube, it's going to just recommend you a bunch of random stuff. So if you spend a little more time on it, it probably will, the algorithm, the all knowing algorithm will start to recommend better things for you. Yep. I know Andrew and I disagree on this topic a lot because I do watch a lot of YouTube videos and I've sent some to him and he just won't watch them sometimes. But, um, (laughs) I, I think that one thing to remember about YouTube videos and is that it's, it's user driven. So you're going to get what the user thinks about that particular thing he's making a video about. You know, it's not advertisement based. It's not anything but the person's true opinions. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's so many good channels out there doing good things Mm -hmm. with positive reviews of things if they are, if they deserve it, obviously, or just positive things about the historical thoughts of cars and 
the history of vehicles and doing cool projects. And there's, there's so much good content out there. I, I, I think back to, you know, my teenage and younger years watching car television uh, and there really wasn't much. Yeah. It's your Saturday morning. What, what was it? Uh, Power, Power Nation on Country Music Channel or TNN, oh, yeah. whatever was first. And it was one show about a guy building pickup trucks, one show about a guy. Trucks. I believe it was called Trucks. I believe it was the very yeah. difficult to think of title, Trucks. Yes. Um, I remember watching was, that show because there was nothing else on. Yeah, and it was a muscle car show, and there was that show, yes. and then there was a general mechanic show, but they were always working on a mid-60s GM car. There was yep. never anything outside of that world because that's what corporate America thought everybody wanted to see. And I think the good thing about YouTube is that it's brought in all of these new people that like Ethan made a video about a Nova twin cam or a Pontiac Grand Prix from the nineties or a Datsun 210, which is my favorite of of your videos, by the way, just because of the car and the location. Um, But it's just neat that we can do whatever we want. And if you don't like what you see at YouTube, go ahead and make some of your own because there's no cost to it other than having a video camera and anybody with a cell phone now, as a decent enough video camera to make a YouTube video. Definitely. So I, I'm not saying the best videos are filmed on cell phones, but I've certainly watched some that were probably filmed on cell phones and been satisfied. So I, I think that YouTube is a great place to get good car content. And I don't, you know, I can argue this with you all day long, Andrew. I don't understand your aversion to it, but that's your own personal preference. <laughs> so I'm not going to hold it against you, but I think you're missing a lot of good things by not watching it. Yeah, there's there is a lot of good stuff. I mean, that, that that's the thing. There is some crap you gotta wade through, um, but if you can just find find a few of those those channels that are that are cool, you know, like um, there's this one guy. I think his channel is called Aging Wheels. He does just a bunch of weird weird cars that you just didn't even remember ever existed. Like one of his most one of the videos I saw recently was for the Zagato. Is it the Zele? I can't remember, but it's just this little tiny electric car that looks like a box on wheels. And then there's, um, I don't know, there's there's a lot of people doing really good, interesting reviews of new cars. Um, the Straight Pipes is pretty good. I uh, what yeah. was the, There's another guy. What was the other guys from Canada? Why am I blanking on their um, the name of their channel? Throttle House. They're pretty good too. Um, but yeah, there's 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 just a lot of fun stuff. There's a lot of stuff that I can't deal with, like. I can't I can't get down with Donut Media stuff. Like I appreciate what they're doing, but it really? just it, I can't do it. I can't do it. Like I I think their videos are funny and creative and stuff, but I I don't get a lot of enjoyment out of them. Um, they've they've come a long way. Drives, you, it drives used, me nuts. They they when they first started, things were pretty rough with them. I think with like some of the factual things, but they've gotten a little bit better. I think it's a little fun to watch. I, I mean, some of the stuff is ridiculous, but. I mean, they put out good content and it's entertaining. And, and to me, some, I'd, I'd rather watch something like that than watch, you know, whatever's on network TV. I mean, and, and yeah, and definitely. That's the, you know, I, you know, this, I'm not watching racing on speed vision or speed channel or anything, which doesn't even exist anymore. I think, yeah. but, but you I mean, know, I think it's, it's fun. I, and, I think you know. I've, I'm, I'm a little bit older than the donut demographic. I think that's the main thing. You know, I'm older than you. I, I think I've grown out. It, it's just a little too meme for me. Um, yeah, it is. but uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> I, I totally get it. It's it's good for it's good at they do a really good job of what they're trying to do. They do. Um, yeah, I will I, I will I will 
regret probably saying this, but I strongly disagree with that. I don't like them at all, but that's okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't say that in a public forum here, but I, I don't like <laughs> that's them at fine. all. The, the thing is, you don't have to. They, yeah. They're a very specific, they're going for a very, very specific thing. They're going. They're skewing super young. They're trying to be very like, whoa, look at this car. It's a Toyota truck. It's crazy. You know? Um, that's that's really what I hate about YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's the clickbait BuzzFeed article of video. Well, it, here's the thing too. Like, uh, I do think it's funny that they put the same picture. Uh, what's the guy's name that does uh, for donut? What's his name? There's a few of them. James Humphrey. is the main guy. Pumphrey. James, Hum- yeah. It's basically a picture of him, like with his mouth open on on the thumbnail for every every video, which works for them. They obviously get a lot of clicks that way. Yeah. Their last video they posted nine hours ago has almost three hundred thousand views. So they're doing something right. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. Um, without without getting too specific, watch the last episode of. The dinner with racers on Amazon Prime. Okay, it will explain yeah. a lot about where donuts views come from. Ah, interesting. So, All right. Yeah. Well, I've never I won't say anything else. And okay. they they don't specifically tell you they're talking about donut, but they're eating donuts. <laughs> they're actually eating donuts <laughs> while they're saying they're not going to tell you who they're talking about. So that's funny. Yeah, oh, that's 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 a whole another. Uh, that's a whole another cut topic for a whole another day about sure. log- about logarithms and how to to win versus how to just be another fish in the sea, I guess. Oh, I will say my favorite thing on YouTube was the, when Hoonigan does those really short videos that highlight somebody's car that Uh, they bring to their shop. Yeah. The auto, is it Hoonigan autofocus? The thing that Larry Chen does? Is that what you're doing? Really good. It's one of my favorite things on there. What I was talking about is daily transmission. Daily transmission. Okay. Yeah. 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 That one. I think those are really well done. Very cool. I, I want to see the how the car is like put together, and they add like a couple little funny things they kind of throw in there from just like it feels very real. Mm-hmm. The way they do it. it doesn't feel forced. Like what, you know, what I what I like pops about in office or something. It's kind of funny. They like talk to him. You know. Yeah. What I like about Hoonigan is Hoonigan does what Donut wants to do, but Hoonigan did it first, and Hoonigan does it better. Mm. Um, they Those are fighting words. Fighting words. No, I mean it's, it's I, listen. It's, it's just your opinion. Everything comes down to opinion, obviously. Yeah. Um, and and Hoonigan to me is they're genuinely car people, um, and they just want to have fun with cars. At the end of the day, that's why we're into cars because we're into having fun with cars. Yeah. And watching Hoonigan videos, you can see the genuine excitement in their faces as they talk to these people and convince them to just savagely break their car in their parking lot. <laughs> and, and I 100% am down with that because cars are meant to be driven, cars are meant to be abused, and cars are meant to be fixed again and enjoyed again. And that's how I look at it. And that's kind of sure. my whole, th- their whole thing, while it's a little more brash and in your face than my personal opinion of things should be, um, but the content makes up for it. Uh, sure. And their autofocus videos, I think, with the ones with Larry Chen, are absolutely amazing because yeah, yeah. they're great. They really break it down to the car, every little detail of the car, with Larry's photographs and videos, and you hear mm-hmm. the car and you see the car. And I, I, I watch a video like like an autofocus video, and it reminds me of 15, 20 years ago reading a magazine about a car. It's a video version of magazine because he's talking to the owner. He's interviewing the owner, explaining all the things that have been done to the car, why the car is special. It's just, it's a video version of a magazine article. And I think yeah. that's why I appreciate the way it's done. And the Petrolicious videos are the same way. Oh, Some people say that, yeah, maybe they may be a little stuffed shirt and a little, you know, pretentious at times. 
But at the end of the day, it's like reading an article in um, Octane magazine. Yeah, you're going to be reading about a car above your probably financial oh (laughs) your your financial levels. But it's nice to learn about that car, and it's nice to see the owner's perspective of the car. But unlike a magazine, you also get to hear this car, and you know, fifty percent of the enjoyment of a car is the sound and feel of a car. So it's just I, I appreciate those kinds of videos significantly more than somebody yelling at me for five minutes about the history of the Pajero evolution and getting <laughs> fact wrong during the whole time. You get it's, a little bit more in-depth detail, firsthand knowledge. Yeah, that's that's kind of cool. And that, that's, I think, sure. what I what I look for in a, in a YouTube video is somebody who is treating it almost like a magazine article but with video, which, yep. Ethan, is actually how a lot of your videos are, which is why I do like them. Yep. Sweet. Thank you. So. This is this isn't a uh, you know yeah. pile of compliments on Ethan sure. session. It's just well, I, that's I'll the kind of video, kind of video that I like. I'll take and it. And sure, there are some build shows that I also enjoy, but um, it has to be a quality produced yeah. show. I don't want to see. I don't want to see garbage. It's, another it's, one that comes to mind. Time. Yeah, another one that comes to mind is I, every once in a while they do a really kind of in depth video on a owner's cars, gears and gasoline. I'm not sure if you follow them. Oh yeah, yeah. So they, they, they've got some pretty good ones. Um, I've seen a couple of good ones for them, yeah. Uh, and the other thing that I was just thinking about is you kind of stepping back to like the shows that we used to watch. I'm so glad that Motor Week puts their retro reviews out on occasion. Yeah. I watch every single one of those; those are yes. great. And I and I it's it's showing my age a little bit too. For for some of these, I'm like, oh yeah, I saw that when it was first broadcast. <laughs> yeah, most of them because they came out yeah. in the mid '80s. So yeah, yeah. I remember watching on Channel Two. Yeah. It was just the local WGBH local yep. PBS. Yeah. Owings Mills, Maryland. Maryland. Yeah. And I, it's definitely at some point it's my, I have to make it a priority goal to have John Davis on the Hello Road podcast. So yes. I, if, if and you got to make it happen. We'll make I've it never happen. heard him on any podcast. So that would be a, uh, that would be a get. Yeah. I would love to do that. We'll see. He's, he's of the age bracket where he doesn't know what a podcast is more than likely. <laughs> I think so he actually has a podcast. I think he, we. I think there's a Motor Week podcast. I, I, I tell him it's a radio show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like, you're on the radio. We, we, Andrew and I have Andrew and I have a uh, a guy we know who's uh, like a mutual friend with our fathers, uh, and every time we see him, his first question is, "So, guys, what's going on with the pod?" The pod. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He he's probably seventy something years old, and he just doesn't understand. You, yeah, you gotta tell him trying. it's like car talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're like car talk without the twenty years of episodes. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he's he's trying to show interest, but at the same time, it's just it's funny seeing that generational gap where you just you don't know. And, and honestly, Ethan, I know that you're probably around the same same age, and Paul's around the same age as I am. We're kind of at the top end of the podcast being normal. Sure. Um, yeah. Anybody who's mid forties and above doesn't really get it and it's it's been interesting trying to explain it to people of that those age brackets but yeah definitely mm-hmm. how does this work can i tune in in my car if i don't have a phone how does i don't understand no, no. it doesn't work to be fair my parents do listen and they know how to listen to this podcast yeah, <laughs> yeah i'm sorry i was being very ageist i apologize that's okay, okay. <laughs> they we're have not, a good sense of we're, we're not that old my, my okay. father listens as well and uh I'll make fun of him for being old, but that's <laughs> how it works. My dad, and he's, yeah. you know, he's, he's older than me. Exactly older. Can't, can't do anything about that, dad. Sorry. Yep. And he's going to listen now, and he's going to come back. And he's going to comment on that. I'm going to say, dad. So people's, voices, 
Yeah, people's voices just start to sound like this when they get old. There's nothing you can do about it. It just happens. I will say my father is not that old. Okay. So, that's a comment for you, Dad. <laughs> Actually, he's been on the podcast as well as Andrew's dad, so they do get yes. it. But yes, okay. they're, 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 not, they're not the typical um, person I'm talking about either. I'm talking about going to a car show, a traditional car show, like a cruise-in kind of car yeah. show, and you know, the older gentleman with his sock hop 57 Chevy and trying to describe to him what you're doing is kind of a, it's a long haul sometimes. Yes. That's so, the best way to describe it. A long yeah, haul. It's a long haul. It's a it's long it certainly haul. can be. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of old guys that scream at you, I guess the, the real thing I was thinking about on YouTube is uh, old Scotty Kilmer. Oh. And uh, speaking of like just negative videos all the time. I'm Here's why Kia it. vehicles are terrible. Their air conditioning yeah. doesn't work. This is my I mean, last that, that, video last... ever. And <laughs> I know. Five well, days it's... later. Exactly. This well, is the... why you don't buy this. The last video I saw from him was he basically had this like 15-year-old Kia and he was talking to you about how you should never buy a Kia because his Kia had like three problems. So, and I don't know. He's got a lot of people that dig him and he's yeah, he, he gets does. views on that. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. But Or people hate watch him. He gets a lot of likes. I mean, if you look at the like to dislike ratio, it seems not terrible. So, either ironic, <laughs> ironic liking a video, ironic likes. But you can't get credit for that, though. Nobody knows you're doing it. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I can't. I can't sit through one of his videos. Yeah, and it is he's 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 very grating. That's all there is to it. He's, I I I'm an opinionated man. So yeah, I that's fine. You can have your opinion. I that yeah. I I don't watch any of his videos really, but I I. No, what I'm saying is he yeah. spews his opinions as facts, and I'm sitting here doing the same thing. So I shouldn't be complaining. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not it's not my bag. Sure, but I, I do yeah. watch a lot of YouTube. Now, do you have any specific YouTubes that you watch other than your own? Everybody obviously should subscribe and watch the mm-hmm. Hello Road YouTube channel. But other than the ones you've kind of casually mentioned, do you have some absolute favorites? Or? Um, I mean, for for new car reviews, I like the straight pipes. I like um, Throttle House. I also, if you're really going to dive deep into like the nerdy details on just boring, regular old cars, Alex on Autos is good. Um, uh, let's see. I, uh, if you're into like auction cars, East Coast Classics, Classics is kind of cool. Um, you know, it's, it's really cool for that. Uh, what else? Let's see. I, I mean, what? sorry, go ahead. No, what about like vintage stuff? Like not new vintage car stuff. New stuff, car. That our, stuff that our audience would listen to because our audience yeah. doesn't really care about new cars. Yeah, new cars, boring. I mean, really, for a lot of that stuff, I'm really kind of into Motor Week just because it gives yeah. you the, the, it's not like looking through the lens of nostalgia. I think that's the problem with like a lot of people looking back at some of this stuff now you're you're kind of you're not looking at it through like just the very like okay here here's the car let's look at it as a car you know now we're looking back at the these vehicles because we miss them or we we our mom used to have one when we were a kid or that was a car that I used to drive in high school or my girlfriend used to have this car so you're you're automatically like adding this like patina you're adding this like rose colored glasses that you're looking at all this stuff through which is fine that's totally cool but i i do like to look at you know, how, how did this car actually compare like just as a car back in the day? Um, it is kind of interesting to, to look at that and see how people like, for instance, I, I'm doing a video 
uh, about some old cars that are kind of forgotten. And one of the ones I'm going to talk about is the Renault Fuego. And this is a car that if you look back at Motor Week, they kind of liked it a lot. John Davis liked this car. He he definitely called out some of its uh, weaknesses. It was didn't handle very well and had pretty shitty brakes. Um, and, it, you know, um, need the sports car. what's that? Two things you don't look for in a sports car. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it was, you know, ultimately Renault maybe didn't have the best reliability, a lot of like any car. Um, but so that was just kind of interesting to look back at like the the Fuego, which you look back at it now, there's very few left. It's not a bad looking car and they liked it. And you just kind of interesting to sort of go through and figure out where did it all break down? You know, why why did this car fail? Why did, why did uh, nobody buy this thing? Um, and why are there none left today? Uh, so it's it's kind of interesting to go back and, and really look back at the original um, the original takes on a lot of the stuff. A lot of times mm-hmm. I'll try to if I'm researching a car for a video, I'll go through and try to find the original newspaper articles to see what they were talking about back in the day, rather than some kid who wasn't alive back then trying to talk about this car. So you know, yeah. um, you, you, you bring that up, and I was actually watching one of the Motor Trend retro reviews the other day, and it was like a four car comparison shootout uh-huh. in 1981 or 82. So yep. it was a Volkswagen Rabbit, mm-hmm. um, a Renault 5, uh-huh. which you forget they even sold here. Um, yeah. The, Le Car. Le Car. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was Le Car, excuse me. Um, a, maybe a Chevette and yep. a Dodge Colt. Uh, obviously, the Dodge Colt brought me into the video because that's what happens. Mm-hmm. But it was neat watching the video with the comparing the four cars and the Volkswagen ran away with it. Yeah, and you think about what's still on the road today. Yep, and you know I'll see three or four Volkswagen Rabbits probably every month. Yeah, um, the day I see a front-wheel drive Colt or a Lacar or whatever else is in this video on the road, are these on Stanza? Maybe is yeah. like rare. <laughs> so yeah. oh no, sorry, it's a Mazda GLC. Yeah, okay. So and, and they but they love this Volkswagen Rabbit and the Volkswagen Rabbit one Colt came in second, but that's okay. Um, yep. and it was just, you, you look back through these rose colored glasses, as you say, and you think of the rabbit as this neat little car that kind of normalized front wheel drive for American roads, but there were other cars available at the same time that just didn't quite hold the muster that the Volkswagen did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it won the, it won the event then. And all these years later, you'll see a team on the road. So there's I, definitely some merit here. You're, you're discussing the, uh, looking at them through the eyes of the, the contemporary when they came out. Sure. I guess the other thing I would be curious to find out is, okay, you look at the, all the cars in that lineup, which one actually sold the best? And I don't think there's going to be a necessarily a correlation between that and which ones are still around. Um, it might be the case in, for some things, but I think in that case other, it probably is. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, for, for instance, you know, the, the Chevy Citation, they sold a shit ton of those the first few years they were out. But when was the last time you saw one of those? It was just a car that nobody gave a shit about. I you saw know? a fully restored X11 hatchback yesterday. I meant to try to take a picture <laughs> of it, but it didn't happen in time. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, and that's that's not a common occurrence. You know? Not I, common, I, which is why I wanted to take a picture. <laughs> sure, exactly. But there's definitely something to be said for, okay, well, yeah, maybe some of these cars sold really well, but nobody really they didn't have a certain something that made people want to keep them, was you know? Term. Yeah. Or there, there wasn't, you know, for instance, like the, I was thinking about the Asusu Via Cross. That's kind of a little bit more of a 
a newer old car. Um, that was a car that that was that was specifically a limited run vehicle. They knew they were only going to make a certain number of them. That's a car that when somebody bought that, they knew it was a limited run vehicle. So there's probably fewer of those that have hit the junkyards just because the owners kind of knew what they were getting into and they knew that there's there was something special yep. versus a I don't know a, a Mazda GLC. You know, that's just a disposable utilitarian appliance. Even so there was no reason to keep it. Yeah, even in Zuzu's, Zuzu's own lineup, if you go 1997, I think they may have been 97, Viacross versus 97 Rodeo, you'll yep. probably find a half a dozen Viacrosses within 100 miles of your location and maybe one Rodeo. Yeah. So that, that goes to show that same thing. They probably sold six times as many Rodeos as they did Viacrosses. So you're probably yeah. right with that for sure. So as yeah. Chevette, have you watched, have you ever seen the retro review with the white Pontiac? T1000? Uh, T1000. Is it zero to zero to 60 in about 30 seconds, something like yeah, that? It's 31.3 seconds, zero to 60. <laughs> was that a diesel? I can't remember. I think it, that, I don't remember. No, I think it was the four cylinder with the automatic. Okay. Zero to 60 in 30 seconds. It is yeah. insane how much, how far uh, you economy cars, econoboxes have come since then. I think you know, that was a, a particularly terrible example. That was a particularly I, terrible one. I You're daily right. drove a 1980 Dodge Colt for a long time with an automatic, and it was not nearly that slow. It was probably yes. twice as fast as that. Okay. It was 0 to 60 in like 15 or 16 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a positively race car comparatively. Yeah. I mean, I've had so many slow cars. It wasn't until recently that I actually had a somewhat fast car. I mean, so many of them. I had an 87 Tercel. That thing was super slow. I had a... 86 Nova. That was super slow. I had that 74 B210. That was the slowest car I've ever owned. Um, but yeah, it's just little, little cars have come along, come a long way for sure. Yeah, they certainly have. And I'm glad we're not saddled with the, uh, sad, sad examples of cars that we, we were then, you know, yes. a, a new Mirage is not a bad car. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not bad. For what you're paying anyway. Although they just killed the Yaris in the US, so that's gone. I just that's, literally that's posted gone. a review of that a few days ago and they're like, yeah, hey, we're killing that. it. Well, <laughs> they just did you see the press release for the, the new Yaris uh GR the other day? Um Mm-mm. well, they're not bringing that to the US though. So there's three trim levels on this Yaris GR. Yeah. Two of them in the press release say not for US. One uh, of them doesn't say anything. Interesting. I don't so, buy it. I don't buy it. I'll be surprised. It could be a big tease. Who knows? But it doesn't. It doesn't say whether it's coming or not. But it doesn't specifically say it's not. It's so weird. Where does the Yaris fit in with the Corolla? Then is the Corolla being smaller? Or what? No, it's like a Fiesta to a Focus. Yeah, and that's the Yaris the, that, much, that, much smaller. That's the thing too that you, you think about. You know, they killed this. You know, great little economy car they have, and I saw the sales figures. It was some something like fifteen thousand Yaris's or something sold last year versus like three hundred and ten thousand Corollas. So yeah, it makes sense in that scheme of things. But you know, for the idea of this GRMN Yaris that's you know going to be made for the rest of the world, but not for the United States, you know, Toyota really, I think if they I think they could probably sell that car pretty well over here, but it would be in that same boat like the FRS or 86, whatever it is. It's like once the initial group of it buys it, and then it that's it. It's done. So it'd be like a two or three year run, kind of like a Fiesta ST, I guess, in a way like that. But I don't know. Would people want to spend, it's going to be 
$30,000 for a tiny little pissed off three cylinder Toyota. Yeah. Yeah. That, but I just or would wish... they rather spend $35,000 on a Corolla that's maybe yeah. got a hotter engine in it? Yeah. yeah. That, I mean, that this... car supposedly is coming here at the Corolla GR. Yeah. I've heard about that for sure. Yeah. I think part of the challenge is you've got like nobody buys small subcompact cars anymore they just don't sell people are gonna that's why hyundai is coming out with a venue which is kind of like a lifted accent you know um it's and, and really when you compare a yaris to a corolla they get identical fuel economy the corolla mm-hmm. isn't that much more expensive um i don't know and really a yaris is cheap. yeah and I, yeah a yaris is kind of a, a if somebody's buying a Yaris, they're really kind of comparing it to used cars, you know? Yeah. It's not, if it's, if all they can afford is a Yaris, that's kind of like setting the bar pretty low. Um, so they're, they're going to be looking at like a used Corolla or a used Civic or something like that. So, mm-hmm. um, well, I think yeah. right now that the, the typical Yaris buyer is probably a Corolla buyer, like you said, that can't quite swing the extra 50 yeah. bucks a month. But money is so cheap right now that most buyers aren't going to opt for the cheapest option. They're going to, they're going to splurge because, hey, last year it was 2.5% interest. This year it's zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, the year before that it was 5.5% in a new car. So let's, yep. let's, uh, let's take advantage of this and, you know, zero interest payments for five years. How can you not right. buy a nicer vehicle at that point? Yep. You What's know? the smallest Nissan? The, uh, the smallest Versa? Nissan is the Versa. The Versa. Versa, right? And that, like, I know it's not the Sentra. I know the Sentra is bigger now, but the Versa, are they still making the Versa? Yeah. Yeah. They, they actually wow. just came up with a new one kind of recently. Yeah. So basically, huh. if you want a cheap, small car, you got a Mitsubishi Mirage, Kia Rio, Versa, Chevy Spark, Chevy Sonic, um, which I don't know how long that's going to be around. Sonic's for. dead yeah. after this year. Sonic's yeah, dead after. Yeah, okay. Um, what I'm forgetting something else, but really, I, I, you know, Hyundai bringing out the the venue. It's like okay, every everything's just going to crossovers. Mm-hmm. So it's tiny. Well, it's I've seen a few of them. They're they're so they're they're. It's very off-putting seeing it. It's like seeing one of those Ford, uh, what is it called, EcoSport or whatever. Oh, oh, those are, yeah, those they're very weird, especially with the tire on the back. Yeah, it, well, the 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 Hyundai doesn't have a tire on the back, but it's still like <laughs> you look at it and it's like, whoa, what the heck is that? It's like a shrunken down little, <laughs> like full size SUV. But that's I've I've seen a few of them running around already because. But you know, if you look at the price, it's like. It's right there with the Yaris. So yeah. if somebody's going to be comparing, okay, well, I could get this little thing that kind of reminds me of a hatchback from the 80s, or I could get this thing that makes me feel like I'm driving a crossover, they're going to buy the yep. Hyundai. That's go. why the Yaris is dead. I think that's, you know, it's because they're going to probably try to bring some other small, something CHR, something like the CHR, but not so stupid, you know? Yeah. And smaller, smaller, even yeah. smaller than yeah. the CHR. That's going to be the that's a lifted be the, Yaris. A lifted yeah. Yaris. That's going to be the next like flavor of the month or five years, I guess, for a lot of it these is. car companies. Is well, I'm sure mini CUVs. So it's like MCUV, mini CUV. Yeah, well, it's the subcompact. It's the Kia Seltos. It's the Nissan Kicks. It's the Honda well, the HRV. Seltos, that's the thing I yeah. saw. I saw one of those things too. And that's yep. crazy that I've seen them already. I didn't even know these things were coming. But I think about the day that. I bought my Mazda 2 in 2011 and it wasn't like months later until I saw another one that wasn't yeah. sitting on a dealer lot. It's like, oh, it's another Mazda 2. Somebody else bought one versus like these small mini CUVs where it's like, I didn't even know yeah. this little Hyundai was coming or this little Kia was coming. And here they are. I've seen six of them already. So yeah. 
Well, just, I think the Mirage is probably on its way out too because I just got a targeted ad for that earlier today, and it's yeah. you know it's a thirteen thousand dollar car that they're selling at zero percent interest for five years. With a thousand one of one of us has to take the one of us has to jump on this. One of us has to own a Mirage. I I will do my best to get Mitsubishi to let me drive one, but I'm definitely not buying one. <laughs> no, I think it would no. be a, it would be a great little car. Andrew and I have both owned Mirages in the past. Um, but they were older mirages when they were way better. <laughs> but have you had one that was available in purple or whatever color it is? I mean, it's it's a cool car. I'm pretty sure it was available in aqua and purple. Oh, but I have a uh, I have a Mitsubishi question. I, I don't mean what to like diverge from this boring new car talk, but uh, so I just learned about this car the other day, and I'm sure you guys know about this because as being Mitsubishi fanatics, but I just learned about the Eagle Vista the other day. And yeah. I learned that there was a turbo, and I've never ever seen a picture of it. And I'm curious if if either of you have ever seen a picture of an of a eagle vista turbo so this is a car that was only available in canada it's canada only yep so it's basically a mirage a, a dodge colt uh you know there's so many different names for this car that i think it was mitsubishi colt in australia right um so the vista is the little van guy well there's two of them there's the that's the vista eagle vista wagon but there's also an eagle vista hatchback and sedan to my knowledge that car never came with a turbo I saw a picture of one on a forum and that's the only place I've ever seen it. So these I, cars, they were sold in other markets, not as Eagles with turbos, but I don't okay. think that they ever sold an Eagle Vista turbo. I could be wrong. Um, okay. I, this is the only time I've ever seen a photo of this come up. So, and maybe it's not an Eagle Vista. Maybe it happens just to be a Dodge Colt that was, was badged. Not actually what's well, got a, so I found this on the 4G61T.org uh, forum. Getting really specific here. Okay, and I'm sure so you know. About, before we get too far, is this an earlier car, like an 80s Colt? This is an 89. Okay, so yeah, so that, that would have been a Colt Premier. Colt Premier. And, and it would have been sold as an Eagle Vista in Canada, and that car would have had a turbo. I was thinking later than that. Okay, um, okay. So in the States, the Colt was available in a few different trim levels, and the top trim level was like the luxury version. was yes. called the Premier, and that had a turbo. There was an Eagle version of that in Canada called the Vista that had a turbo on it. I did, I did forget about that car. I'm thinking about it. Um, Canada, got car. Some, Canada got some weird stuff because they didn't have Mitsubishi dealers. Okay, yeah. So I, uh, I actually just sent you a link to that on the chat. So if you have a chance, this is the only picture I've ever seen of this car, um, an Eagle Vista Turbo. And I'm sure there were a few. Obviously, the main difference is, is that it said Eagle on the on the um, grill instead of Colt or Mitsubishi. Yeah, yeah. Um, but this is a sedan, and I am only I can only assume that they probably had a few uh, hatchbacks as well. Um, so this is a car that I didn't know existed until a few days ago, and I was just curious um, if you've ever seen one. I've never seen one in person. Yeah. Um, I also, there's another weird car that was sold in Canada, which is like, you know, Andrew and I both love the Galant VR4. Yes. Um, they had a non-turbo 4G63 all-wheel drive version of that in Canada called the uh, Eagle 2000 GTX. Eagle 2000 GTX. Yeah, so it was literally Mitsubishi Galant with no turbo. Wow, which is a GSX here. It was a Galant GSX in the states. Yeah, yeah. Well, you but see, this, this is. Uh, I'm glad that I came on the podcast today because I learned something new today. That's awesome. Premier is very much in that. Uh, I call it Mitsubishi's French. Wait, uh, it was a Dodge. Sorry, there's a Dodge version of this too. Sorry, I, I interrupted you. Go ahead. 
Yeah, Dodge Cult premiere as well. I call this the Mitsubishi, the their sort of uh, French period when their cars looked very Renault-ish, yeah. Renault-ish. They had like the cut down rear quarter panels over the wheels. They'd have like two or single spoke like steering wheels. Uh-huh. Like, oh yeah, big, like, uh... like they're kind of cool looking. Like the, the generation Gallant before mine, basically it was the one that was parked next to mine at Radwood Atlanta. Yep. Remember that Ethan, the silver one? Yes. It's very French looking. It is. It is very French, French looking. Yeah. It definitely looks like a Renault. Yep, for sure. Um, so I just looked this up real quick. There also was a Dodge 2000 GTX. Uh, I just saw a picture of that on curbsideclassic.com. Uh, it's so weird. Never seen that before. I didn't know it was old as a Dodge. I thought it was only an Eagle. That's nuts. Hmm. I'm learning things too. I did not know that. <laughs> I, this, this is the kind of stuff that I love. It's just like all of these little tiny decisions, these little these decisions that these companies made that you know, in the marketing boardrooms or whatever, you know, thinking, okay, we got to market this Gallant as a Dodge and an Eagle. And, and now today, you know, 35 years later, whatever, nobody remembers this. And I would love to find that one person in that boardroom that made that decision to, to so do the this. Dodge yeah. 2000 was also only sold in Canada. Okay. So, got you it. know, it's like Chrysler in the eighties. They're like, well, we could build our own cars or we could just buy these other cars and slap badges on them. Sure. Exactly. So that's well, another you- thing. I have a question about that too, because I'm very obviously very familiar that there was the Chrysler Conquest, but there was also the um, there was like the Dodge and Plymouth versions of that. So, did they actually get their own special badges um, for like you know the the Dodge Colt versus the Plymouth Colt, or were they, were they the exact same car? Just like, that's the thing I can't figure out because some people refer to like the Colt as a Dodge Colt, some people refer to it as the Plymouth Colt, but as far as I can tell, they're identical. Okay, you ready? Okay, I'm ready. I'm going to write this down. Pre. <laughs> Pre-1985, don't quote me exactly on the year, uh, Dodge Colts were exclusive to America and Plymouth Colts were exclusive to Canada. Interesting. Okay. After that, um, for some reason, they were sold here both as Plymouths and Dodges until 1995 when there were Plymouth Colts, Dodge Colts, Mitsubishi Barrages, or Eagle Summits. Summits, yeah. It could be all four of those vehicles. And they were visually identical, um, except for, obviously, the badges on them were were changed to whatever brand they were sold at. So there's no difference otherwise. Um, There were a couple different option packages available on a Mirage that weren't available on a Colt. Um, But other than that, no, it's all the same car. So I have to imagine that maybe the reason why they did that is because there were some... Dodge dealers that were separate from Plymouth dealers, and they just wanted it's, to make sure that both it's cars all both. dealer network stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so weird. So, yeah, it, it, that's it, why it exists. Yeah, because if you were a dealer, you could sell Eagle cars. Right. It's all very strange, right? The whole the whole Mitsubishi Dodge marketing in the seventies and eighties kind of killed both companies' reputations um, because there wasn't any kind of fluidity to it. It changed so much, and there were so many different cars yeah. available with the same names that it didn't really build any kind of brand um, sure. loyalty. In 1983, you could buy a Dodge Colt that was a 1.4 or 1.6 liter front-wheel drive hatchback, or you could buy a Dodge Colt that was a midsize 1.8 or 2.6 liter powered station wagon rear-wheel drive. Yeah, and that whole thing just kind of 
And then the next year it was, they were all front wheel drive hatchbacks or sedans or station wagons or vans. It was just, yep. they didn't have any kind of cohesive plan when they started doing this. And it kind of has killed them. And I've talked about that before as well. It's the reason that a 73 Toyota Corolla is a fifteen twenty thousand dollar car now, and the world's nicest seventy three Colt is six thousand dollar car. Yep, because they don't have that brand loyalty. It wasn't built into into the way sure. it was. And then the whole Canada thing confuses it even more because there was a time where there was a Plymouth Cricket was sold here as well. Yeah, um, and in Canada, the Plymouth Cricket was sold as a Dodge Cricket because they had the Plymouth Colt and they didn't want to have a Plymouth <laughs> Colt and a Plymouth Cricket. And obviously, the Cricket was a Hillman Avenger which is yep. not known as a stellar, reliable vehicle. But Canada has a weird history with importing cars um, yep. that weren't sold here. Um, as Like Hyundai got its start in North America in Canada. Yeah. In 1984. Well, before, a few years before they sold, you know, the Hyundai Excels here. And the car they sold there was a Hyundai Pony. Yep. Which if you want to get real esoteric about where the Mitsubishi kind of line goes in here. That was a 1974 Mitsubishi Galant, basically. Hmm. Um, all the underpinnings were all mid-70s, two-liter Mitsubishi. The I think even the floorboard might have been the same. There was a lot of shared parts. But yep. then, like, the rear differential on the car was a Ford part. Huh. Because the first Hyundais that were ever built were... Fords. They were just um, bad. Yeah, they just basically, yeah, exactly. Ford. um, I don't want to say the wrong name of the car. It was a a Ford that was never sold here were the first Hyundais that were sold overseas. So they were just rebadged Fords. So they had this relationship with Mitsubishi where they were starting to get engines because Honda didn't have their own engines. So they needed an engine for their Excel. So they went to Mitsubishi, and Mitsubishi was like, all right, well, we also have all this leftover crap from the mid-'70s. you want that, too? <laughs> <laughs> and then we got, obviously, the Hyundai Excel here with the you know the uh, 4G61, maybe? Mm-hmm. No turbo. But then Mitsubishi was like, well, well, if we're going to sell you this engine, we want that car. And they sold it here as a Mitsubishi Precis. <laughs> so yeah. there was just so much bad engineering going on that everybody didn't know what to think about any of it and ultimately it was bad for everybody except for hyundai apparently sure yeah well and to think about like when you saw a colt most people not most people but i think some people knew that the whole reason for colt existing was to badge engineered vehicles it's kind of like every most people knew that geo existed just to badge engineer cars um and actually i guess even eagle really for the most part or for mm-hmm. for all of the part <laughs> um all yeah. of it um, so yeah, those, those brands just kind of, people just maybe knew that the whole purpose of a, well, I guess maybe the companies didn't really try to sell it as anything different. You know, like when you saw ads for the original Colts, they're like, it's basically built by Mitsubishi and not with the Mitsubishi brand. Just so it's Mitsubishi guts. Yeah. But, but you're, <laughs> yeah. you're a racist, you're a racist American that doesn't want to buy a Japanese car. So we got to put a different name on it. You know, if, um, if you I don't know. The first, the first couple of years. Colt advertisements, they actually say it's from overseas. They yes. don't even try to hide it. They literally, the, the first ad they showed here showed the car outside of a crate. Like it was, it, it said from Japan on the side of the crate. Like, it well, was, yeah, because everybody wanted the reliability. Um, yeah. yeah. And actually, even so, I remember seeing some of the ads for their first Colts where they actually, some of the 
some of the uh, they they really went. You're right. They really went all in on the on the fact that it was a Japanese car. Yeah. Um, yeah. It just yeah. it's just really strange to me that that they went that route. But I I don't know. They, I guess a lot of the cars that the American companies were making at the time weren't exactly reliable, so they needed to do something quickly. And maybe that was that was the idea. Okay, well, we can't develop this quickly enough. Let's just bring this car in, slap a badge on it. Really, literally, all that's all they did, right? I mean, is Colt the 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 grill and the badge on the steering wheel? That's all that changed, right? Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And it's, I think yeah. it's probably the same holes in the fenders. Um, yep. There are a couple of minor changes, like the U.S. bumpers versus oh yeah, for sure. Like that. But yeah, overall, it was pretty much the same car. And yeah. uh, there are some there are some Mitsu Dodges that if you take off the Dodge emblem behind it, there's a Mitsubishi emblem. So <laughs> and some and some steering wheels, but it's That's just funny. the way that it went. And, and part of the reason that they couldn't that they had to rename rename the car when it came here. Uh, maybe not the first Colts, but the second gen specifically was Dodge didn't want to sell a car here called a Lancer because they already had sold a car here called the Lancer in the 50s. They wanted something all new. Huh. Mm. And a horse name is the way to do it. <laughs> yeah, the horse name is, is strange because it doesn't compete directly with like a Mustang, but it's... It's familiar. Considered. It's American. It's a horse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. And Mitsubishi's naming structure was always, you know, um, celestial based. So, yeah. Starion. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah all, all their stuff was their engines are all, everything has something to do with something in the stars. Yep. So that's where hmm. it came from. But anyway, that's, huh. there's, there's a lot more of that story, which I've, I've talked about a few times in sure. one particular episode where I really broke down the gears of Colts versus other things and Galants yeah. versus Lancers versus. Mm-hmm. Galant Sigmas and Galant Lombadas and Sapporos and it was just it gets it gets ugly real quick. But I, are you interested in a Plymouth Cricket by any chance? Because I saw one for sale. I know that's mom- at the moment. <laughs> don't tell me about it in the okay. future. If it's still there, go ahead. But okay, I won't <laughs> tell you. I won't tell you that it's on Copart right now. Uh, um, I, I'm not going to even bother. Okay. I have enough junk. Okay, enough junk. <laughs> Get that truck running. Oh yeah. Exactly. So before we wrap up. Uh, how are you doing on that truck anyways? I think we talk about that next week when it's just us. Um, but the truck has spark now, so uh, it's together. It has spark. Uh, it cranks over. doesn't make any weird noises. It hasn't you, stumbled. You did the GM ignition module conversion? ignition module conversion, which I'll go into in great detail next week, I think, because that's going to take some time. We're already, I think, almost an hour and a half into this guy here, so <laughs> I spent another 20 or 30 minutes on that alone, but it is... It is working. Um, the GM ignition module swap is almost universal and can be used in a lot of old cars. Huh. You know? Um, and uh, it's simple. It's cheap. And if it goes bad, you can buy it at any parts store for like 20 bucks. So, nice. so the did that truck already have electronic ignition in it? It factory had electronic ignition. And the reason okay. I even converted it in the first place is because the Toyota parts, when you find them, are at a minimum for a used, uh, quality, not promised part, they start at $100. Um, mm-hmm. Brand new ones are, if you can find them, they do exist, they're like $400. And uh, you can pay 250 for a ignition module. And yeah, a lot of the guys say, well, they lasted for 30 years, so... 
But the problem is if I'm buying a used part, that used part is already 30 years old. Mm-hmm. That's true. So if I can buy this part for $25 at O'Reilly's and I can get one at any O'Reilly's anywhere in the country and it can make spark in pretty much any vehicle that needs electronic ignition or even doesn't have electronic ignition and you want to run electronic ignition, this is a good way to do it. So, hmm. so a little little dig at our mutual friend Bradley Brownell. You you have made it further with that truck than he ever made it. <laughs> well, to be fair to Bradley, he never touched it. Yeah. The truck just okay. needed the right Brad. I think that's what it was. It's, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's not like he tried and failed. He just got busy doing other well, things and I think he parked for- it and never touched it. Yeah, Brad just saved it from getting crushed. Yeah. So so yeah, it, it he did he did the first step. The yeah, first I'm, important I'm just step. Of it for then. I'm in a chat with Brad and some other people. Um, and it was funny today because somebody posted a meme, that guy looking back at the other girl walking by meme. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and it was the girl he's with is all his project cars, and the thing he's looking back at is random old forlorn vehicle in the weeds in the side of the road. <laughs> um, and I put something like, yep, that's definitely me. And then Bradley agreed. And I was like, Bradley, random vehicle on the side of the road. Four years later, me, why is this in my driveway? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. No, no dig on him at not getting very far with it because he just got busy with life and did other things. Um, he has a pair of Porsches, which are obviously more important to work on than a 1978 Toyota pickup. So. Sure, and he had three Porsches, and then finally decided to offload one of those to me. So that's right too. You have yeah. So yeah, yeah there's two of us on this this show here now with uh, ex Bradley Brunel cars. Sure, I mean technically we we own it together, so it, he just didn't want it to look at it anymore. So right, um, but I do when, I do sort of have a very similar problem to Brad, where I I buy these vehicles thinking that oh, I'm going to do something with it, and I only end up working on. A couple of them because that's all I have time for. So, which Brad are we yeah. referring to? Me or Brownell? Brownell, or I okay. guess it's every, it's all the Brads. All the Brads. <laughs> yeah. All the Brads. Yep. Anyway, so yeah, the, yep. the truck now is, it's very close to running. Um, that's good. I want to do a compression test on it before I go any further because I don't want to spend any more money if it needs a motor. Um, so I'm going to do a compression test on it, and then if it needs a motor, if it doesn't need a motor. I'll probably wind up buying a carb for it because it's a 78. So it's a smog laden vehicle um, uh, and making everything work properly. And the problem is the car was taken apart by somebody that none of us know and not all the parts came with it. So in order to make it run properly, mm-hmm. I would need to find one in a junkyard and take all the smog equipment off and put it on this vehicle. Or I could yeah. spend $200 on a, you know, 32, 36 Weber conversion. Um, and not worry about it. So I'm just going to check the compression before I spend that 200 bucks, uh, and go from there. If, if it doesn't make good compression, the plans will change a little. I'll probably not get rid of the truck. I'll probably cosmetically go to the truck and just sit my money aside until I can buy a beams motor for it. So, uh, nice. Yeah. That's the plan. Cause that's cheap. Exciting. But yeah, we'll go over that whole thing next week with the probably 30 or 40 minute discussion about the stupid electronic <laughs> cool stay tuned until next time yes yeah hit that like button smash that subscribe button (laughs) uh yeah so super fun having you guys on yeah thanks for inviting us thank you it was cool having you on ours where can they uh find you two why don't you go first ethan um, you can find me on YouTube at youtube.com slash hello road and on Instagram and Twitter at Mr. Ethan Tufts. 
And uh, yeah, got some new videos coming up. I'm doing another video on, actually there's gonna be a Mitsubishi, Mitsubishi feature in my, one of my next videos. So uh, stay tuned for that. Mash that subscribe button, will you? <laughs> awesome. I, d I don't really mean that. Please don't mash it. That, that I would mean, do, break, that do, would break your mouse. Do click just it. click. Yeah, do, click just it click it. Way. Yeah, just please don't mash it. You and I promise, yourself. having watched Ethan's videos, he doesn't yell at you to like and subscribe his videos and his videos, which is no, a YouTube that. pet peeve. Call <laughs> to action. I, I have done it on occasion, I just very gently. But then I decide, yeah, screw it. If you're gonna, if you like it, you know, you know what to do. You've watched YouTube enough. You know what you're gonna, you're gonna. You're, do you're like that mid '90s voicemail. If you hear the noise, you know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Paul, where can they find you? You can find me at Paul's Finest Hour on Instagram and Twitter, where I will hopefully have some new Daihatsu pictures soon. It's been what? very fit heavy, but oh, the, the Daihatsu needs to come out of its summer slumber and take some yes. nice new photos. So uh, hopefully, it you know what I want to see? What's that? I want to see that beetle. There's a funny story about it. the Beatle, but you're going to have to tune in to the next episode of the Hello Road podcast. Yes. Where it'll be. Oh, what a tease. Yeah. I'm glad it wasn't the last episode of Hello Road podcast, therefore proving that I haven't caught up with Hello Road podcasts yet. No, I've, I've actually been kind of kind of dragging my feet. We have one that we recorded I haven't posted yet. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Excellent. Well, I look forward to that update because I'm very interested in seeing that car come back to life. Yeah. Yes. Cool. <laughs> so always <laughs> the auto off topic podcast on facebook auto off topic on instagram auto off topic on twitter we have twitter. like two posts uh, and uh you can follow me on instagram race and anger and brad where can they find you they can find me on instagram as thesis 350 as everybody likes to say <laughs> or <laughs> as it was intended to be tsiss 350 Cool. As always, keep your eyes analog and aim for the roses. Oh, yeah.